June 8th, 2014. VGN Network presents Kevin's Oblast Radio with your host, Kevin Baird. That's all. And tonight, I have Tom from the UK on. Uh, Tom, where are you? Are you in London, or where Where are you actually? Uh, so, uh, I'm in Southampton, so right down the middle of the south of England. Um, okay, okay, sure. I always expect like American people to have heard of it, because where the Mayflower uh, sailed from. Maybe they didn't teach you that in history. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we got people here who don't even know where Canada is, <laughs> let alone trying to figure out anything overseas. Because we still have stuff like names. There's a park and our uh, local like theater house is named the Mayflower. Well, yeah. maybe out, you know, maybe out on the East Coast, like if you lived in Boston or something, or yeah, maybe one of the the New England colonies out west. You know, they, I don't know. I think they think. Mexico founded California or something. I have no idea. Um, cool, though. All right. So um, you're what, about five hours ahead? It's about 9 o'clock yeah. there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 9 p.m. Okay, great. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, we're going to do our usual interview process here. We'll start with um, your, uh, your folks. Um, sure. uh, your dad, what did he do? And uh, So... Um, or live or... So he, yeah, so he also grew up kind of in this area, like with my family around the Southampton, or greater Southampton area. Um, so he did a number of things. So he was kind of started off like programming back in the day, um, you know, like mainframe type, type stuff. Uh, right. He then went on to be like a, a, an IT manager. And from there, he kind of just hopped about doing kind of director level jobs. So he was like the operations director and sales director. So all at this one place, they're uh, like a contact lens manufacturer. Um, uh, and then for a while he was doing SAP rollouts um, across the world. So he went to America for two years and then was doing them across Europe. He got pretty bored of that and so took like voluntary redundancy and since then he's just been doing some. So he's kind of semi-retired but he does his own like personal projects. So they've got like this website where they just sell this eye gel goo that you put in your eye if you've got dry eye and that kind of thing. So yeah, he's just kind of wound down a bit but he's not quite given up in time. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, your mom? Um, so uh, she was pretty much a stay-at-home mom uh, when I was growing up. Since then, she's uh, gone to like do a psychology degree, and she now like helps people who are having trouble at universities. Um, so if they're like they have trouble with their nerves and that kind of thing coming up to exam time, maybe um, she mentors them. So, so okay, your audio is a little garbled. There, it's just does psychology for what exactly? Uh, so people who are university students who oh, okay. have difficulties uh, getting through the course because usually because of their nerves, like around exam. Okay, okay, okay. All right, the microphone's a little garbly, but we're working on it. I got it. Um, let's see. So okay, so how did they meet? Do you know? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Although they didn't go to the same school, they kind of uh, secondary school. They knew people from the primary school uh, together, so they kind of ran in the same friendship group. So they know each other like a long time. Uh, so they probably got together maybe when they were, I don't know, eighteen, twenty, something like that. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. I'm gonna turn that mic around. Okay. Sorry, I'm just in the uh, my audio levels a little bit. Um, yeah, no uh, Okay. So um, so. I guess then, like you, an only child, were you the uh, first, so, first, first? Yeah, kid, so I was. Or? Yeah, I was the first, uh, the first son, or the only son, and then uh, I've got a younger sister. Okay, sure. Yeah, because uh, that would be weird if you were the first kid and you had an older sister. I'd be like, what's yeah, going on? There? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> bizarre. <laughs> um, okay, so um, so you've always probably. I mean, if you're in Southampton. That's what you said, right? Then you probably yep. have a bit, you've been living there your whole life. Is that? Uh, yeah, not quite. So uh, I went to university somewhere else, so a place called Bristol. Um, so that's uh, not that far away, maybe like hour and a half drive uh, towards the west of England. Like nowhere's that far away. Our country is very small. Uh, although it feels like a long way to us. So if I say I drive an hour, that feels like a long way. Where you guys have to drive an hour to get anywhere. So, so, but let's let's step back. Let's not go to university yet. So let's let's sure. go let's go elementary school or basic okay. school, whatever you guys call it there. Yeah. Um, was that a public school for you? Yeah. So um, it was a, a primary school. So it was a 
a school that was kind of backed by the Church of England, but it wasn't like a crazy kind of convent-type school. Um, it was just a fairly normal school, but I think maybe like a Thursday morning or something, you'd go to a church service. Uh, yeah, that would that would be considered a crazy convent-style school. <laughs> if you went to church at all um, at your school. No, that's, that's cool. So... Um, How's the curriculum like with that? Would were you um, uniform school uniform all that yep. kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So we had a uniform. I mean, I guess the curriculum was pretty standard for here. I don't know how it would be. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, they taught me reading and writing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I imagine the basics are prob probably probably yeah, exactly. the same. I don't know if you guys are doing advanced physics in uh, primary school, but. Um, uh, how many grades is in your uh, primary school? So you would start off like four or five, and I think you go through to about eleven years old. So okay, six, six years. Maybe. Six, yeah. I mean, because that's what that's basically what we have. I and mean, we have kindergarten, which is like a half day. Some places these days do like an all day kindergarten, which right. is like advanced babysitting more than yeah, anything because. Yeah, yeah. There's preschool as well, but that's not paid by the city yep. you live in. But then kindergarten is paid, but it's like a half-day deal, and it's mostly just like, who can stack the blocks the nicest, you know. And then yeah. you get... I think the first year at primary school here is a bit like that. They call it, like, reception class. I don't know, you dig in the sand pit or something. That's your <laughs> exactly. And that, that's, that's too stressful at first. Kids who always are in that they're like, I love school. You're like, you just you wait. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> um, and then basically we usually have first through fifth, and then sixth grade used to be in our primary school, and now they move that around. I don't know if it is anymore or if it's because we call it elementary school, and then sometimes it's like in the middle school, and then there's like a high school. I think maybe it just depends on where you live because if you live out in Amish country. Where there's seven kids, everything might be in one school. You know, I went to a pretty big. Um, I went to you know a fairly well. I guess it was average. I mean, we had about two thousand kids in our school. Yeah, um, it's pretty big. I think. Yeah, compared to schools here. So my school was quite rare in that there was only one class, so maybe like thirty-five people per year. So that was pretty unusual. I think normally you maybe have three or four. So you have one classroom the entire year. Yeah, yeah, for uh, yeah each year. Um, so well, for, your element, for your primary school, but that's okay. That's that's pretty normal. I mean, that's normal here too. You usually have one primary school teacher, but sometimes they'll move you to another class because that teacher gets a break or something. But for the most part, no. What I meant is this one set of children per year of age, as opposed to having many classes of the same. Right. And and that's how primary school is tier two. Okay, how do you fit two thousand people in that many? Well, I was saying I, that was my graduation. That was my high school. Oh, okay. So my primary school, I, I don't know. Let me. There was probably maybe three hundred or four hundred kids in the primary right. school. It was a little bit small. <laughs> there was a, like after the baby boom, there used to be like all these extra schools and then when I went to school for the first time um, in Ohio because I grew up in Michigan so around fourth grade when I had started um, they had just finished consolidating the school systems in the city that I moved in and they ended up like closing like six schools because the population drop was that significant from all of the baby boomers to like wow. my generation basically and so there was like this it was actually a good time for me to move into this area because all of these schools were sort of consolidating, so there was a lot of kids who didn't know other kids, so I wasn't, like, awkward or anything. Okay, yeah, you weren't the only person. Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, it was kind of interesting. So, okay, so primary school, so did you like it? Did you do good in primary school? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, like, I don't think I was ever that keen on going to school in general, <laughs> rather than being at home playing video games. Or right. Like that. Yeah, I, it wasn't bad. Like the teachers were okay, and yeah, when it was quite like a small kind of close knit school, you know, you, you had quite good friends there and stuff. So yeah, I, I pretty pretty enjoyed. It. Okay, cool. Probably more so than secondary school. 
Um, what was your first game system? That's, that's a good question. So it would be the, the Game Boy, the handheld Game Boy. So, okay. Uh, but I, I like always wanted the games consoles, but I've never allowed one. Really? Yeah. So I was always a PC gamer, even growing up, because we had a PC in the house. That's all I knew. Wow. But, I mean, I used to go around to my friends and play. Um, so we used to play a lot of my friends' Mega Drive, which I think you guys call the Genesis. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to follow the UK a lot when I was in, like, around that time period, because you guys were big into, I mean, apparently big, still into big Commodore Amiga computers, and um, there would be news coming out of um, the UK all the time for that, and I had one of those. Yeah, my friend's like older brother had one of those. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Where you have to like play the tapes in the tape player, and, <laughs> right. and, and then it never worked. So you'd spend like, an hour loading the tape, and it would just stay on. That's real old school. Yeah, the tape. That's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, you, you rewind it, you press yeah, play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go watch like a half-hour show and come yeah, back. Yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> See if the game worked. Didn't get an error. Well, that's funny. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I was just trying to date you. How old were you when you got the Game Boy when it was new? Uh, I must have been pretty young, maybe like six or seven, I guess. I okay. Exactly. Okay, great. So more or less like, yeah, probably. What would that have been? That would have been like the either the really late 80s or the early 90s. Or yeah, that's, like that. yeah, that sounds right. Okay. With my age, I'm saying. <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to figure that out there, where you at in the... Uh, the you never know. I get interviewed some people, and they're like, "Well, back in '45, <laughs> during the war, game consoles." So, like, oh, I don't know. So we played a lot of hopscotch, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so then what happens? You got out of primary school, and then you guys, do you have a junior high or a middle school, or is it right to high school, or what um, there? So. Well, my next school took me through um, to age 16, so I don't know what that equivalent is in the U.S. Uh, so it was from like 11 or 12 to 16. Yeah, I guess you would say that's junior high, but not really. Um, so yeah, that's what we call a secondary school. So Secondary uh, school. Yeah, I mean, that was quite a big culture shock because, as I say, I was at this very small kind of primary school, unusually small, um, and then suddenly to go to this massive secondary school it was quite different. Kind of didn't know everybody. Was it really big? I mean, did you have like two thousand kids like I did, or? Yeah, yeah, it must be close to that. I, guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how typical it is. I think most of the secondary schools are like that. They kind of, you have a lot of primary schools dotted around, and then the secondary schools are like big institutions that cover quite a wide area. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, because it wasn't, uh, so my local uh, secondary school is supposed to be like not so good. So my parents didn't want me to go to that. So I went to one which was a bit further away, which also meant that the most of the people from my school didn't go there. So it was a bunch of new people. Oh. Okay. So how'd you get on there? Yeah. So, I mean, again, that was fine in general. Uh, yeah. I, I got quite into a girl back, back in those days. And, uh, right. Sure. That, that, that didn't go well for me. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think it goes well for anyone at that age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of went through that. If you exclude that, then school was fine. You know, the usual problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that did kind of bring me down over those years. Yeah, so, yeah it's not it's not a good time of my life. I look back on fondly. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's how kind of how I was. I was like um, in middle school, which was like. Uh, for me, it was seventh and eighth grade. It was just two years because they didn't really know what the hell they were doing at the time. Um, I was getting like a three point five, which was um, high B's, low A's, grade point average. And then, um, well, when I then I went to California and I went to surfing for half the year and it didn't work out. I got I had to come back, failed basically, had to restart ninth grade in California or in Ohio. With all new friends and everything, um, and uh, I just I just know that like I was still getting pretty good grades, and then like hooked up with this girl, and then just like got a zero 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 grade point average like the rest of the year. Like I should have failed again, 
but like they didn't fail you. They just like would just be like, this is how many credits you get for the things you did pass, and when you're a senior, hopefully you have enough credits to graduate. Otherwise, we're just going to keep holding you back as a senior until you do. And they do that, just like hold you there forever. Yeah, well, no, you can legally quit. Okay. Um, like, you get emancipated. It's basically like your folks sign a document at 16. You can have your parents sign a document that says you're emancipated, and so then you can quit. All right. you, you can also call yourself in sick. You can just be like, I don't feel well, not coming in. And they'd be like, okay, uh, which would have been great. Um, I actually had that. Like, my dad filled out the paper. I just never turned it in. I kept it in case, like, I'd ever need to use it, but I just never turned it in. Just a backup. Just, just, yeah, exactly. But I ended up graduating, but skin in my teeth type stuff. Um, okay, so, uh, so that's yeah, something you know, that went okay. I was like, like, I, uh, Go I, ahead. I, I, I always found school, like, at that age in particular, like, quite easy. I think I was quite lucky. I was just smart, you know? Um, and so, yeah, even though, you know, I didn't ever feel like I worked that hard, I was one of those people who took their homework very seriously, you know, I'd always be doing it in the morning, uh, just before it was due in and stuff, but, yeah, it was, uh, I'm uh, curious, though, so when you, um, when you take it seriously, like, you know, you get homework, right, so you get, yeah. your teacher gives you an assignment, you know, you, you said, do this, read this tonight, do this, fill out, whatever, and then you went home. What was what was the structure like for that? Did you just immediately do your homework as soon as you got home? Or? Hell no. No. <laughs> I'll be straight on the PC. That's what I'll be doing. Okay. So you were uh, just as normal as I was. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe if it was something that kind of interested me or, like, it was seen super important because maybe it was part of my school for my final grade or something, then maybe I'd you know, get down to it a bit more. But. Most homework just seemed really pointless to me because you kind of learn everything you need to know in the class. Like the homework was just kind of reinforcing that. But if you'd already got it, there was no point. So I used to just try and avoid doing it. And um, there are a few girls who were really studious in our class. And if you went in, so in the morning you'd have a tutorial where basically they just take your name to make sure you turned up. So maybe like a quarter of an hour, twenty minutes in the morning, you'd have a chance to just copy your answer or somebody else. And they were just spread around the class. So as long as somebody had done it, everybody could do it. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, we didn't have nothing cool like that. But well, then again, I never showed up on time. So I was probably, 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 maybe there was. I don't yeah. know. It was worth getting there. Okay. Um, so at 16, when you got out of secondary school, was yeah. there another school, like other than university, obviously? Was there a yeah. high school type of? Okay. So the way it works in England is some schools go from... Uh, 12 through to 18, others go through to 16, and then you have another school from like 17 and 18, and so that's okay. the kind I went to, so I had another school for 17 and 18, which uh, we call it college, um, so yeah, I went to college for a couple of years, and that was great, because when you move from secondary school, like it's all regimented, and they tell you what class you have to be at all the time, uh, in college, they kind of assume you're there to learn, and so if you don't turn up, that's your own problem, and so sure. right. we didn't... But um, that my grades did start to suffer at that point. They did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't keep kind of bluffing your way through forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I enjoyed it more, I think, because like, you know, as I say, you kind of have more freedom. It felt more. Yeah, it just felt better to me. You didn't have to wear school uniform, and it, it was very different. No school uniform, kind of more relaxed. Yeah, yeah. they just started treating you like an adult. Although maybe you're not ready to behave like one. Yeah, that's. I think that is the biggest problem with college in general is that um, kids get out of high school, which is much, which is very structured, and then they go into this environment of um, having to have all this responsibility by themselves, and it doesn't usually go so well. I don't. I don't know what the solution is for that. Um, maybe parents need to like try and. Um, get their kids to be more responsible, and/or maybe you go into college later. But I feel like if you if you don't go to college right after school, you probably will never get a real opportunity to go because once you enter the workforce, it's yeah it's difficult to get out of it. Um, one time I was like bunking off, and I completely forgot it was the parent teaching that evening. So my math teacher was asking my parents like, "What was wrong with me?" 
you were you were screwing around and your math teacher asked your parents what was wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, like uh, when I was ill or something because I hadn't been at the class that day. I'd just forgotten that my parents were going there. Like. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so obviously they weren't very pleased. Jeez. Was there, a, was there like corporal punishment at your house? Did you have to do a bunch of like uh, stacking of... I don't know. I probably just go shout out for a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's par for the course in England, though. Don't you guys just, like, yell at each other all the time in general, tell each other to F off, and then everything's <laughs> just fine after that? I don't know. I don't know what TV shows you've been watching. <laughs> it's Is either, like, a lot of, like, really, really calm tea drinking, and then there's always, like, some hothead English guy telling somebody to fuck off. I don't know. That's my that's my visions of England. <laughs> I think the truth lies somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. Um, okay, so university. What did you um? Did you know what you wanted to do? Like, did you go in with a plan in mind? Like, you're gonna, I'm gonna be a, an astrobiologist, and um... yeah, I mean, so I uh, like my dad had always been in IT, so you know, I, I was always on the PC as well. So I kind of always assumed I was gonna grow up and do something with computers. So I thought, well, that gets a bit take like a computer science degree, but. Um, it's a bit weird because a computer science degree is one of the few degrees you can do without having like never do, doing it before that. So I'd never done any programming, and then I'm going to go and do a whole degree, which you can't do that with any <laughs> subjects. It's not like maths or something. You could not take maths for all your other studies and then just go to university and do it. So um, yeah, but as it turns did out, that, did that not work out? Were you no, like, it, I'm it did go work out, but it, it did. Okay. Yeah, for me it did, but for other people on my course it did. Like they just hated it. So. Uh, I was lucky. I, I quite liked programming, and so I got on well with it. And I found the assignments quite easy, and so I just started taking on as much of like so some of the um, units you got to select were quite heavy on exams, and ones were heavier on coursework. So I just tried to take the ones with programming coursework, and uh, ended up doing okay without ever really having worked that hard, which is my goal in life. Really. <laughs> That's good. That's good. In the right field for it, if you can just. Uh... Get something niche done with the programming, you'd be, yeah, uh, that's right. you'd be okay. You just got to make one really great, like, WhatsApp and sell it for four some billion dollars. And, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, I'm going to have to sit on the beach somewhere. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, okay, so, well, programming I get. Um, I didn't end up going to university for it. I self-taught, but... Yeah, probably wish I did. I know I took like um, basic programming in uh, high school, and um, I hated it. Oddly enough, because uh, at the time, anytime anybody had written anything in basic, like in computer circles, it was considered very inferior. So I was always kind of like, I don't want to learn this crap language, and I just totally wasn't in it. Ended up not taking my final and failed out of the course. Um, but I wish I would have actually paid more attention to it because what I would have really have gained was some structuring of code and putting yeah. loops together and um, how variables work and things that I ended up having to learn later. Although I don't think I ever really too much struggled with that. But anyway, probably would have been better to have known it back then. Um, so did you graduate or did you give yep. up? Are you still in it? Are you yeah, yeah. So I... I uh... Got my degree, um, so I got a two-one. I don't know how you grade your degrees over there, but that's like the second one down. It's the three kind of standard grade. So first is the best one you can get, and then it's the two-one. Uh, oh shit! I don't know. We don't. If, if there is some sort of grading of your degree, nobody here is talking about it. Uh, <laughs> the, the grade makes some kind of a difference uh, here, at least. And so um, yeah, so that was fine. I don't say. Well, that sounds good. I mean, the second one. Yeah. I know. Did you learn? Um, I'm just curious about this, like yeah. in programming in general. Did Did you sort of master a specific language while you were in school? Were you like um, programming in C, or were you like? A yeah, so they, they started this off in uh, with C programming. I think mostly because that's being quite low level. It it kind of gets you to understand the basic concepts of the machine as well. So like how the memory gets allocated and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, I always found C quite hard, uh, but then yeah. they taught us Java, and that kind of just clicked with me somehow. Like you didn't okay. have to worry about allocating the memory, and everything was just kind of less complicated, less fiddly. 
and I was able to get more done in less time, which is always my goal. And so, uh, yeah, once I started learning Java, um, I was away from there, and I've basically been doing it ever since. So, uh, yeah, I gra graduated, um, applied for a load of like graduate kind of courses, uh, got onto one, and but the problem is, uh, a lot of places I applied to are consultancies like Accenture. How much contact you've had with those kind of places, but they basically just take in tons of grads uh, because nobody wants to stay because they work you really hard, and they don't actually pay any attention to what it is you want to do in life. So the first like nine months, I had to do software testing, which and it might be for some people, but it's not for me. Um, but then by complaining, and complaining, I finally got a Java role, and I, I was lucky too because the people on the project I was working on were really smart, so I could learn a lot from them, and then off I went. Okay, yeah, um, I, you know, how it works over here, and it probably works similar over there, you know, is that if you go to a good school and you take coding, um, Microsoft, Google, Apple are going to try and get you. They're going to try and get you as soon as you graduate because they want to mold you into their system. Yeah. And they generally don't want a guy like me that is self-taught and or comes out of like a, a working background because I already know a bunch of stuff that they don't want me to unlearn yeah, yeah. and now teach me their way of doing it. I'll probably ask too many questions or something like this. Yeah. is like a bad way to do this. You're fired! <laughs> so, that probably would have been okay if I ended up with a company like that, but consultancies, I would say, all they care about is um, just charging you out for as much money as they can. They don't really care if you do the job. Yeah, I get a lot of, we get headhunter calls here. I don't know if it's the same as consultants, but it's it's basically just contract work. They call you and they're like, hey, we want to know how you're doing and if you're looking for work, I got this job offer in Canton, which is like five hours away. And uh, we want to know if you're interested in working, just give me a call. I get, I get one of those at least once a week. And it's good to have because if I ever needed work, you know, Desperately, there's something to do, but no, I'm not into that. I, I like working for um, small companies. Yeah, um, I, 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 just the corporate world. It, it's great if you want resources and um, you want to build something and you know, kind of work your way up the ladder and stuff. But I can't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure because I've never been in that environment. But I don't see myself thriving in that kind of environment. I, I I much rather prefer working with a really small team, trying to get something done. Yeah. It's, um, it's more appealing to me. Yeah. So that's kind of been the way I've moved. So uh, I did that for a few years. Then I joined another company that got bought out on the first week I was there by Cisco. <laughs> uh, but then I I really got a taste of the kind of big company. And, and to be honest, it was okay. Like. Team I was working with were fine, and uh, there's a lot of process that goes on with these big companies, so I didn't stress out too much. And it was all right, but now I've joined, uh, for maybe like the last two months, a company started by some colleagues that I worked with in my first company. So they've started a company up and, uh, in like the kind of cybersecurity um, realm, and they can slowly hoovering up all the people they've liked that they've worked with before. And so I've joined them, and now, like rather than 70,000 Cisco people, I'm part of the team. I'm losing you a little bit there, but it sounds like you said that you're working with some people that you used to work with. Yeah, that's right. Sort of like the social security field, I guess. No, I'm saying that cyber security. Cyber security, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, that's uh, interesting. So cyber security like door locks and cameras, or cyber security like encryption and uh, firewalls yeah, it's, and stuff? It's more software stuff. So specifically what they do is to um, look through the internet for threats to a given company or individual that subscribe to the service and uh, kind of warn them about various things that they come. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to actually pay for it, but yeah, uh, other than that... the tricky bit. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, they've got some customers, obviously, we want more. But. Yeah, yeah. It's security, ridiculous problem. We 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 spend at my company's weird because we we spend a lot of time like um, installing software, our software, um, which is for records management. So 
you know, just you're storing all your hard copy files in boxes. You're putting the boxes on the shelf. You have to be able to, like, locate that box on that shelf, um, pull the files, you know, maybe scan them into, like, a digital archive, etc. cetera. And, um, but, you know, software for that is fairly complex due to all of the, um, the billing routines and reporting and things that people need for this sort of stuff. A lot of legal yeah. things for records. And so you end up, we end up having to, like, um, you know, install our software at all of these, like, fairly high security installations. And um, it, it's funny just because we're, you know, you get you get through all their security eventually, and then it's just you, and you're just, like, sticking a memory stick in their computer and uploading stuff to it to install it. And, yep. and it's just like, I could just, you know, break into NASA at any moment. <laughs> And just, un, you know, unload a bunch of, like, horrible stuff on them because I've gone through this, like, somewhat weird vetting process where, meanwhile, there's somebody's whole job is just, like, yours is just to, like, lock it all down, which is, you know, you do all that stuff, and then it's just, it all comes down to sort of this social engineering that goes on where somebody's just like, you don't mind if I just stick this USB stick in this server here, do you? No, that's fine. Go right ahead, you know. That was the problem with Snowden, wasn't it? That he was just like a sysadmin or something. So they were just like, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's like, hey, what do you need access? Well, here, you know, don't tell anybody, but this gives you access to the entire NSA. And, yeah, uh, just password, right. password. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I don't know. That, that may be the you know the bigger problem is that social um, social hacking is uh, probably um, a bigger problem than a lot of this um, regular hacking because you know passwords in general. That's you know always people use the same password on every website, and then you get people that go well you know. You should have a different password on every website, but don't write it on a piece of paper next to your computer. And um, but here, use this one single application on your phone that will store all your passwords. You know, yeah, and true. lose your phone and disaster. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I actually do use different passwords on every single website. I do it. I try to. But it's I, I I have a routine. I have a like. Um, I integrate the website's name yeah, into like the password. I, so I think it's the only way. It's a password slash name. The only thing that would be a problem is if, like, if I hadn't been there a long time, they changed their name. And then I'd be like, fuck. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of that two-factor stuff. and I Yeah, I do that where I can as well. It can be a bit of a problem, though, because if my phone stops working, then I can't get in there. Then they're just like, yeah. email us if you want access. And this is all terrible. Every solution sucks. I don't know. I don't know. And then what am I really trying to protect? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, businesses are trying to protect something, but I mean, personally, I don't know. So, okay. So you, you got out, you're working at this business. Well, that sounds pretty good. So did you get married? Did you? Did you get... Yep. So um, since I was maybe like 16, I've been with uh, the same girl. So uh, wow. we, we went through university as well. It was obviously quite difficult because we went at the same university. So we get a lot of trains up at the weekend. Um, and then we got married, what, like six years ago now? Yeah. So. Great. Did you get the yeah. kids? Nope. No children. And that's uh, been VGen's big contribution to my life. It would be a terrible, terrible idea. I'm not kidding you. Like, seriously. Uh, well, that's good. We're here for you. We can give you some, some tips about maybe that would be a bad idea. Yeah. If don't get married, they teach you that. I don't know what they can um, wow, well, that's interesting. Yeah, we have, we've I've had a fairly large number of people on here that have not had kids, and well, that's because uh, they're BGN listeners. <laughs> they just know better. Yeah, like, exactly. uh, <laughs> we've heard the horror stories. Yeah, uh, like, well, that was true. You guys wouldn't get married in the first place, I think, because all of those have been yeah. Well, that's horrible. true, actually. Maybe that's <laughs> uh, um. The child support thing is the crippling thing, I think. Um, wow. Okay. So, 
but seriously, do you plan on having kids? It's certainly not in the plan. I mean, no. it's one of those things you can never say never, I suppose, because you can't predict how you feel in the future. But I, I've kind of always known that I didn't want them, even when I was pretty young. So it's been a long time now. I don't see myself changing my mind. Yeah, you know, I don't have them. And I, I think, though, sometimes, like, what am I going to do when I'm old? Like, yeah, that is the big question. You know, my mom, you know, helped take care of her and everything. And it's like, who the hell is going to be around for me? I mean, my brother's definitely going to be dead before I am unless I drive off a cliff by accident. <laughs> um, so there's not going to be anybody. So, I, you know, kids. But then, you know, I don't know. You look at a lot of people in old folks' homes, and it looks like the kids just dump them off anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. Your kids could move to Australia, right? Right. In the same exactly. boat. There's no guarantee that they're gonna like take care of you, and if they do, they might just like be like, "Remember when you used to treat me bad when I was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> and now you're getting yours." And just yeah, that's right. They're not feed you. <laughs> right. They just start smacking me and stuff. Take a little money out of your bank. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I bought with your life savings. Yeah, that's right. It's like, uh so and maybe there's no winning. I don't know. But it, sometimes I think when I get older, it would probably have been nicer to have like that whole family structure um, and things like that. So I don't know. It's a thought, but I get it. I get it. it. Especially like I don't know. I think like back in the day, having a kid was actually like less of a big deal because you just kind of had the kid, and then you sort of didn't have all of this other stuff that kind of happens nowadays like just the kid went to school and then when the kid came home you put the kid to work or whatever you know and then yeah. you know then that was it basically the kid would eventually be like this sucks I'm moving out I'm 18 and you'd be like good get out or whatever but nowadays it's like I don't know there's like all this shit you got to do in terms of like the, all these programs and curriculum and um college, and the world's scary now. There's kids shooting each other, and I mean, I guess maybe all this stuff happened before, but I don't know. It seemed easier. Maybe you could be more ignorant about it when you were in the 70s or something than you could be um, today. It just seems... Comes, yeah. People don't shoot each other. Yeah. <laughs> people, people just seem like it made raising kids way more complicated now with all the distractions. I mean, the internet alone is crazy to me. I don't understand parents that give their kids smartphones when they're 12, because I, mean, I, I know what I was doing crazy. on the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what I was doing on the internet when I was maybe like 14, 15. Imagine I'm giving it to a four-year-old. Right. <laughs> I mean, if I would have had one of those smartphones with a camera and Jesus. internet, I mean, yeah, the destruction I would have caused to my own life would have been uh, horrible. I, I don't know. I don't know how kids... Are allowed to do that stuff. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. So, um, so you play a lot of video games then? Yeah. So um, probably not as much as I used to, because you know when you got a job, it's kind of hard. But uh, right. I uh, play a lot of PC games, got the consoles as well. Although I tend to play those less. I, I don't know. I just enjoy the kind of PC experience better. Yeah, you weren't allowed to have a console when you were uh, when you were a kid. Um, you didn't feel any particular uh, desire to sort of um, be like me and collect every console in existence because well, I, I did uh, uh, my very first paycheck. I got on eBay and bought an N64 because that's what I'd always wanted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> for my first like proper paycheck, <laughs> post graduation job. So yeah, and a PSP as well. So okay. so, yeah. right. I finally like had the money to buy, but. Um, no, since then, I've just kind of got the consoles as they've come along, so PS3 mostly. I've not bothered buying Xbox One or PS4 yet. Yeah, and it's... After all the hardware problems they had the first time around, I'm like, I want them to sort it out first. I was yeah. just going to get one of the ones that bricks in Europe. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I also think both of those consoles, as much as everybody talks about PlayStation 4 being slightly more power, powerful than Xbox One, I don't think either of them are actually... Um, that big of a leap in um, performance, and um, it's almost like it's a long time to do this, like to try to get away with it. But I almost feel like you could skip this generation and wait for the next generation of game systems because I, I don't know. This just seems like the more of the same generation. It's like um, 
it's like refinement, basically. Like the Xbox One has Connect, you know, comes with Connect, and I don't know what's their big benefit. You can DVR some television shows. It's not that interesting, and the PlayStation Four is like a cut down system. It just you know plays games and it has a touchpad on the controller. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing here. Nintendo, at least, as sucky as they're doing, at least they came out with that screen on the controller to try to mix shit up. So. Yeah, it was different. But, um, and that's the thing, like, until there's a game out, but, right. you know, I feel like I can't live without that game or whatever, or probably more set of games. And I'm like, yeah, it's worth buying the system. They brought it so close to the PC at this point that you could yeah, just play PC games and probably yeah, already got PC, so. all of that stuff will get moved over to the PC eventually. I don't know. I don't know. It'll I mean, Gran Turismo. Eventually, they'll release Gran Turismo game on the PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it happens to everybody, and the price comes down, and it's, yeah, yeah. you know, the games they, they build up enough libraries that eventually you, everybody buys in, but. The longer you wait, the better. Plus, the older consoles they got they got pretty good life in them left. You know, we'll see how yeah. it goes. You know, with what they're going to show. But I I don't know. We looked through some videos on Rage Select the other day, and still felt that um, as pretty as a lot of this stuff looked in terms of like gameplay, it all just looked like more of the same. It looked like a lot of sequels. And yeah. um, they're like movies these days. Yeah, yeah, they look good, but I don't know. Gameplay, pretty much the same thing. Okay, so, so um, I guess where you could ask me your uh, American health. Yeah, well, the, the question. So, like over here, we have kind of taxpayer-funded healthcare. So maybe it's not the best, but at least you can get some. Um, so I obviously understand the, the kind of uh, insurance system you've got out there. So you've got a job, you've got insurance, no problem. Um, well, not much problem. But uh, what happens, like, if you so say you lost your job and then you fall over and break your ankle? Is that it? Do you just limp around for the rest of your life? <laughs> um, well, no. What happens there is that, first of all, the uh, the emergency rooms, and you can go to the emergency room for anything, um, are are legally not allowed to send you away. Okay. So they have to treat you. But they will this feel... Was, I was wondering if it was like some kind of third world country where that was it, you were done. <laughs> No, in fact, that's part of the problem is that the insurance has historically always been too expensive for people that are out of work or whatever. Well, exactly, yeah. And so they would always just go to the emergency room, and that would cause you know the hospitals to start closing because the hospitals are like, look, we're losing money because yeah, we have problem. to serve all these people in these bad neighborhoods. And so um, that becomes a bit of a crisis. So now they created this new basic law that says, you know, you have to have insurance. Otherwise, um, they take it out of your taxes, essentially. Okay. And um, more poor people qualify, so they raise, like, the limit for the poor people that can qualify for it. But then, like... Um, Everybody else needs to have it, which really is probably, like, it's probably a good idea because there's just a lot of people, like, there's a lot of young people who don't pay for it because they're like, I'm not going to get sick, I'm not going to break anything, and if I do, I can go to the emergency room, but I know I'm not going to, so I'm not going to pay into the system. Right. So by forcing them to, to have um, insurance that, uh, you know, it probably will end up, working out eventually, but we have a crazy political system, and you know, everybody's probably going to just fuck it up um, in a couple of elections, and then, I don't know, we'll be all right back to where we were, but no, yeah, you could, you can get treatment, um, but there's not, like, you hear a lot of people talk about stuff like how over there, if you needed to get something done specific, like, let's say you needed to get your foot reconstructed, you might have to wait, like, a long time to yeah. go to see a specialist to have that done. And yeah. they make it sound like in the United States that you can go see a foot specialist tomorrow and have it done, and that's total bullshit. You cannot. You have to wait freaking forever, too, because 
there's only so many of them, and the wait is, you know, huge to get in. So, I mean, unless you just know the guy and you're like, can you, can you fit me in? I'll yeah. slip you like 50 bucks. Can you get me yeah, in? Exactly. Yeah, I get you in. Yeah, but, yeah, so, I mean, we've got plenty of, like, private options. If you want the money, then, yeah, you can get done next day. But if you've got to wait a bit, then that's the way. Right. Yeah, and there's also some free clinics and things like that. There's charity-type okay. stuff, but I've never been to any of that. I couldn't tell you that's worth well, a day. Yeah, you know, they take care of a little bit. Because well, I, I always wonder, because um, obviously we kind of hear about the news, and it was quite big in the news over here when the whole Obamacare stuff was going through. Uh, but yeah, I always wonder what happened to you if you didn't have insurance. Whether that was it, you were just done. Yeah, it's um, it's okay. I mean, I don't know. It the the for profit system is really kind of just messed up though because the way everything is done, it, um, doctors see you for like five minutes. Yeah, and you kind of go in. You know, they sit you in a room, the doctor comes in, looks at you for a second, writes out a prescription and leaves, but the doctor has to, like, go see somebody else. It's just like a mill. There's just people going in and out and in and out. There's really no relationships sort of established with doctors and things. Like, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird, and I, I think it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's needlessly complex or something. So they've tried to do some things here where, like, now when you go to the drugstore, um there's a nurse practitioner on duty, so if you have um, basically anything that doesn't require like a like a certain class prescription, like the nurse practitioner can give you cold medicine prescriptions and um, right. flu medication and stuff. She just can't give you, you know, narcotics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, oxycotton or something. Be like. But um, so those are now like every corner or whatever that you can just go there to see one of them. But that's a crapshoot too because they're not really doctors and um, they might just be looking at you and you could have like Ebola or something and they'd be like, well, that looks like you got the mumps. And you're like, I don't think so. I just puked <laughs> up my organs on the floor. And they're like, well, I'm not sure. Here's some aspirin. You know, yeah. so it, it's crazy. I don't know. I haven't had good, too many good experiences with doctors here, but it's... Yeah, I mean, our system's far from perfect, but it kind of feels more fair. I, I, think, I think that the best thing about yours and, say, Canada's type system is the fact that, like, um, people won't go bankrupt after going to the doctor. Yeah, which, no, never Which could happen here for any number of reasons. And... Um, now I guess it's changed and that can't really happen. But I don't know. It's it's still pretty. It's like I said. It's still sketchy with the political system because the Republicans, you know, may take over our Senate and then if the next president turns out to be Republican, then they could just yank the whole thing and yeah, could be all fucked up again. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like like maybe five years ago I had health insurance at my business same company and when I went to see the doctor I had to pay the doctor $20 and he would do whatever to me and if I needed to see a specialist or something um, a lot of that stuff was covered 100% some stuff I might have to pay like 20% of the bill but that was like real like more elective type stuff. So that was my insurance and that was really that was really good. But because the premiums have been basically doubling in expense for the company, that today if I go see the doctor for anything, the first five thousand dollars has to come out of my pocket. And then anything after that, the insurance picks up basically one hundred percent. But that's like a that's like a for a lot that's of families right. that's like a big um, yeah. There basically has to be something seriously wrong with you for it to be worth. Exactly right, right, and um, you know so they and if you have like kids and stuff you got to go and so before you know you're it's like taking a five thousand dollar pay cut because now all of a sudden you have to like fork that over, um, and they try to come up with clever ways to like 
give you some tax deductions if you save that money for health in a healthcare account, but it's still it doesn't matter. It's it's just a big it's just a big financial hit. And it keeps getting worse. And now my company is kinda like it's been on the fence about just dropping insurance altogether and letting us just pick it up from the um from the free market basically because the penalties are cheaper than the premiums. So yeah, that's how fucked up it is anyway. But uh, okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna wrap it up. We probably, you know, could have went for another five minutes or so, but the um, I got another one I got to do at five. Yeah, no worries. Gonna get get that one going. Plus, we're gonna have you on VGN tonight, right? So yep, unfortunately. It'll be uh, not too far away. Right. So Tom, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, they're not gonna be able to hear you too well, but fine, no worries. Maybe he wants to hear what I have to say anyway. <laughs> uh, you know. Larry's. People who download Oblast, it's very important. Yeah, you can just um, you can just call people out in weird, like, English slang, and we won't know what you're saying anyway. Call them a wanker. American yeah. TV shows always use that word. Like, <laughs> you couldn't start calling people that. Wanker and bollocks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite sure what that's all about. Um, well, thanks for being on Oblast. And do you have anything you want to pitch? Do you have a website or anything you want to throw out there for anything? No, nothing interesting. Okay. That's uh, Tom from the UK. Thanks for being on the show. Everybody else, you can write to um, oblast at videogamenews.com. Um, there is an Oblast Facebook page people can check out. You just go to Facebook and do a search on Oblast. That's spelled like it sounds, O-B-L-A-S-T. And... Um, you know, look for the one that says Kevin's Oblast Radio. Don't go to the one that looks like some crazy Russian breakaway republic or something, because that's, that's not the show. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Good night.